podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Welcome to the Hamden Roar with me, Andy Barge. This week's podcast is with a man who was capped 40 times for his country and is regarded by many as the player who may well have secured Scotland's passage to Euro 2000 had he been fit. I delved into Paul Lambert's Scotland career with the man himself. Paul, a former Scotland captain on the Hamden Roar, it's quite something for, for me to sit here and interview you. Thanks very much for coming on. I'd like to go back to where it all started. How much did Scotland play in your childhood? How interested were you in the national team? Well, I think growing up, you, um, I don't know if you can remember, you're probably too young, but Scotland and England used to play annually. Uh, uh, one time at Wembley, one time at Hamden. Yeah. And, and uh, when I was younger, I always used to watch it. And uh, try to think of the name of the two, the, the British nations, uh, Scotland, Ireland, Wales and things like that. England and uh, I remember watching uh, Scotland at Wembley. I think Gordon McQueen scored with Heather. Yeah. And I remember Kenny scored when Ray Clemens with, with a nutmeg. So um, yeah, so I think when I was growing up, you obviously as a young guy, a young player, and when your football crazes as such, the, the national team was a massive, massive thing for any young player. Did you look up to any Scotland players in particular? I wouldn't say there was one particular player. I just liked watching the national team. And um, it, it's funny how f- football works. I, I loved the na- the national strip when it had the umbro <laughs> down the side of the sleeves, and uh, which was uh, run about I think the seventies, was it seventy eight, seventy seven, seventy eight time that that era. And obviously Kenny was playing. I think every young player at that time was mm-hmm. was looking at Kenny and, and uh, people like that, Danny McGrain, people like that. Uh, so I, th- there was great players coming through but the national team was important because what I find was the national team was everybody was with it the fans everybody they were everybody came came as one really and uh, watched it in their houses that Scotland would play England and that that's when I really kind of started to watch it Well you started off your youth career with Linwood then moved mm-hmm. on to St Mirren when did you become involved with the Scottish youth teams? Do you know I I was in I was in high school and, uh, and I played with Linwood Rangers in the morning and uh, in the high school asked me to play for the, I never told the high school I played football mm-hmm. believe it or not and uh, so they never knew uh, I played the game of football Why did you keep that to yourself? Uh, because I didn't want to play with the school team <laughs> right. and, uh, and, and the reason I never wanted to play with the school team is because I was playing with Linwood Rangers in the morning and in the school it was either the way it worked was either school team were playing in the morning Linwood Rangers was playing in the afternoon and I, I thought it was too much of my parents so I'm a Limited Rangers manager who was great it was a, who I thank for where I got because he was mm-hmm. fantastic I uh, thought it was too much so nobody uh, um, at school never knew I, I played football and then they found out and didn't want to play and it became a little bit difficult after I said no and, uh, and then they kept asking me to play and, and uh, eventually I played I did, but I, didn't, I never played the high school team until I was 14 but they asked me to go up a level to play 15s right. I think and uh, I went up there and then all of a sudden they put me forward for the Scottish schools and uh, I went to Scottish schools went in trials for the Pleasing District mm-hmm. area and uh, and I got picked for that for the Scottish school boys and that's when my first encounter really really started So from there do you then progress with St Mirren and get called up for the Scottish 17s, 19s etc? Yeah, I um, I played for the Scottish schools and um, I signed with St Mirren when I was 13 at, at S-form level I had two years to prove yourself whether mm-hmm. St Mirren would take you on as a YTS at that time and uh, and it went from there really going to the St Mirren first team pretty pretty young mm-hmm. and, uh, and then I got picked for the Scotland under 16s at youth level Was Craig Brown the manager at that point? Uh, I think Ross Matthew was okay. I think uh, Mr Matthew was and I still call him Mr Matthew <laughs> I can't call him Ross and, uh, 
basically I played 16s, 17s, 18s, 21s and then full. You were involved in the European Championships when Scotland had that famous game against Germany, mm. the comeback. 4-3 was the it? 4-3, um, yeah. Scotland were 4-2 down in aggregate with 20 minutes to play, you scored the equaliser, Alex Ray bags the winner, what was the, yeah. what are the memories of that? Do you know that, that was an incredible run that, that was in the, we played Germany over in Bochum I think, and I think we drew 1-1. 1-1, yeah. Yeah, I think Heiko Herley scored. Heiko, Heiko, who I know really well now because he was my teammate in Dortmund. <laughs> and uh, Heiko, I'll never forget Heiko, he'd, um, he'd uh, they call it the big perm in the days, you know. Yeah. The, uh, the big perm Heiko uh, had. And he was a big threat and he was a great great guy, great player. And, and obviously he's a coach of Bayer Leverkusen now, but he he was prominent for them as a centre forward. And we played him at Putoji. Mm-hmm. A big attendance. It was full. Yeah. The stadium was full. It was an incredible atmosphere at, at the at the game, and uh, it was one hell of a game. That and you're right, four two down. We we get it back, and then we, we actually win it. And I remember there was a big thing where we play the semi final, and they took it back to Petrogia. I think it was against Sweden, but they knocked mm-hmm. us out. Yeah. And uh, but the Germany game was one of the ones where it was, you know, when you get a game, it's just etching people's brains at that at that particular time. It was just a it was just a hell of a game to be involved in. They had Stefan Kloss in there. Stefan was in goal, but you didn't imagine you'd go and have and then, battles. I know, well. yeah, yeah, and play with them. Yeah. And, uh, as I said, Heiko, Stefan, I think Postner played, Thomas Frank played. Guys that became big German um Bundesliga players so uh, that era was was strong, you know. There's a lot of the Scottish lads, as I said before, went and played at a good level, at a professional level, and uh, a lot of the German lads did the same. But it was it was one of the games where it was just an incredible, an incredible atmosphere. I don't think you'd see that many people attend a Twenty Ones game nowadays. Do you know that's that's the sad thing about it? I think that, and even now, when you look at the national team, there seems to be a break in the crowd for the for the teams. There's not that. No, I think that's why it has to change. Certain things have to change. But the actual in the times. Everybody was following the 21s because how they were doing well, and then the national team was getting full houses all the time, and that's that's the disappointing thing. In this in this period, it, there's a disengagement probably too much from it. And when you were in the youth setups in the national team, were you confident that you would go on and have an established career no. in the first team? No, I wasn't. No. Um, the 21s was great. I was a captain. 21s was great. Uh, with a strong, again, we, we all came kind of through the same kind of. Era, the jump from the twenty ones to the big team or the national team was massive. It was huge. I wasn't ready for it, and uh, even though I'd, I'd played in someone's first team and things like that, but you were trying to break into a national team that was like Paul McStay and people like that. It, 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 there'd have been a big, big ask for me. I wasn't ready for it. So when you were called up in ninety five, you didn't feel you no, should have been ready. called up earlier, no? No, no, I wasn't ready, and uh, I think, uh, and no disrespect to the lads that went to Japan at that time. I think Rangers and Celtic might have been in the cup final here, mm-hmm. or, or there was some sort of old firm thing here that, that a lot of the, the lads never went, and uh, Craig also picked a team to go over to Japan and play, which the game should never went ahead, because it was waterlogged. Oh, right. It should have never went ahead, but we travelled that distance, and I thought, I thought, okay, we'll, we'll get it played, but the, the, you couldn't roll the ball, it was, the stadium was full, the ball wouldn't roll two yards, let alone anything, and then... Uh, and then John, we joined Spencer get sent off, and then I came off. Cause somebody had to come off mm-hmm. at that time. So I felt then, nah, I'm, I'm not ready for that. Even though you you played your part as well in the, the Ecuador one, you mm. you got your second cap under your belt. Did that yeah. not build some confidence? No, not really. No, it, it never. Because I, I, I was way short. I was, I was playing with a professional club at the time who were doing really, listen, Motherwell at that time were finishing second mm-hmm. and third in, in the league at that time, and. Uh, and I still felt no, way short of it to what was there out there that lads that never were, weren't there. And it wasn't until I went to Germany that the whole career changed. That, and that's when it changed. You must have been delighted to be called up, though, regardless of how ready you felt personally. It must have been mm. an honour. Yeah, when you go, when you get called up for the national team, regardless of this one cap or fifty or hundred caps, it's actually not, nobody can ever take it away from me. And the national team should be the pinnacle of anybody's career. That's that's what it should be, and it was great. It really was to to play your national team. But if it's one or two camps, can you really classify yourself as an international? 
not really. Not really. So were you were you worried at that point that you wouldn't go on to to have an established international career after the Caring Cup in '95? No, well, I, to, to be honest with you, it was the first thing from my mind because I, your club career, you're thinking, well, what's happening with your club career? And I knew I, I signed with Mullow for three years, and then my last year there was nothing happening there, and then I was coming out of contract, and then I thought, well, there's no point in thinking about national football because you're nowhere near getting. Uh, I didn't know my career was going as and where it was going to go away to Motherwell or I was going to go somewhere else. I, my focus was on trying to get a club, basically. Okay. That, that's my, that was my focus. And then obviously the move to Dortmund happened and then it just... Flourished? Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. What were your first impressions of Craig Brown as a manager? He certainly held or still holds a, yeah. a very high opinion of you as a player. Brilliant. Really, really good. Very clever. At the time you don't see it because you just think, oh, you're a player and the manager and... But he 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 um he made you feel relaxed on a lot of a lot of things. Very thorough. Craig was great sense of humour, as you as you probably know, and it was great to play under him. Really was really enjoyed my time. And uh, the thing for me, you look back on it, the, the team that Craig had run run at that era, uh, that era, should I say, was a bloody good side. Was a hell of a side. And if you look at it now, you think Jesus, there were some brilliant players, top top players, not. Not just for their own where in Britain, but in Europe, there was some right top footballers there. They could hold their own anywhere, and we had a really good side, good squad, and it was great to work under because it was very, very thorough. And you knew exactly what what you you were doing, and that, that was a beauty about playing under. A very organised setup yeah. under Craig yeah. Brown, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, and in his episode that he recorded with me, that was what he pointed to at times how organised he felt his team was. That that's what it was, and I think Craig would probably tell you, say, we had a group of lads there that when we did turn up. There was hardly any calls. Yeah, you get the odd one and all that. There was hardly any calls. Everybody came, but the the, the fans were with it as well. Mm-hmm. The fans seen a team that listen, we we can get behind us. Forty five thousand at home to the Pharaohs, etc. That's right. Mm-hmm. It, and, and would you get that now? No, because you don't have that feeling at the minute. Whereas in that time, it was yeah, definitely. I remember we qualified for the the World Cup. Dear oh dear, Bella, we played Belarus up in Aberdeen. <clears throat> massive. We played Latvia at Parkhead. Austria Park, Sweden at Ibrox. You can't, you, you can't, you can't buy a ticket the way it was. It was just we needed that support. But I think what Craig was was brilliant. That was was definitely organised. But I think everybody loved coming to the national team. And it, back to my point, I don't think Craig he he wouldn't have had to have coached us. Managers, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. We, we we had some great players that that knew the game. I was playing in Germany. John was playing in Monaco. Gary. Uh, McAllister, McCoy, Stuart McCall, Andy Gorham, Jim Layton, Colin Henry, Tosh McKinley, you can get through them, mm-hmm. McNamara, Burley, you can get through them all. All lads that knew, knew the game. Mm-hmm. Never really had to be coached as such. We just knew, because we were used to playing in big, big games. Did you ever get taken aside for having your jersey untucked or your socks down too low? I know Craig was... A bit of a Do you know what, I, thankfully I never played like that. <laughs> uh, I was, I, um, no, listen, it, it was... But do you know the beauty about it? People can say that, but, but it did make you discipline. Mm-hmm. It, it, it did. It absolutely did. And uh, you'd never take it away because I think discipline is a massive part of the game at times. That you have to be disciplined, not just on the pitch. I'm talking about off it. And he he he, he wouldn't allow it, which uh, which was his way. And he was the manager. He had to respect that way. And but everybody everybody went with it. There was nobody really. No, oh, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Everybody went with it. Full on respect, then that's important. Yeah, I think so. And no matter what he says, he's he's been one of the most successful managers to get his yeah. to him all, the, all those years ago. Well, one of those was Euro '96. You weren't in the squad. Yeah. You mentioned earlier you felt you weren't ready mm. at that point. So was there no disappointment? No, surrounding that. Not at all. Cause I wasn't because I was. I was. Um, it was that someone I was signing for Dortmund, and uh, as I said, I, I didn't. I never had a club. So when Euro '96 was going on. I wouldn't have had a club. I, w- I was probably just on the verge of going in trial with Bruce Dortmund at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually I was because when I met the, the Dortmund team, a lot of the German lads who obviously won Euro 96 were in the Dortmund team. Mm-hmm. So they had extra time off. Right. And it wasn't until them lads came back that I'd met a lot of them lads. So I knew the manager of the club I was joining because a lot of the lads that won Euro 96 were, were in the Dortmund team at that time. 
that's when your international career really mm. took off when you when you signed for Dortmund. Yeah. You touched on the World Cup ninety eight qualifiers there. What was the expectation levels around the team and the country when, when those began? Do you know I, I don't think there was. The only thing I, I would if I cast my mind back was can we go at the group? But there was never this clamour what you see now, it's you know, we're not as good as what we were in the nineties or the or the eighties or the seventies. I think that's where people have to forget that because people are coming to the stadium not enjoying the football or they're not enjoying their time in the stadium or they're, no, they're waiting for maybe bad things to happen to the team where they lose or something happens to the team. I, I think there's got to be an expectation of saying, OK, forget what's happened before. We went there with... with I, I think we went there with an incredible spring in your step thinking, let's give us a go. We've got the biggest... If you ain't going to win the World Cup, you may as well open it against Brazil. Yeah. So, realistically, ever, were we ever going to win it? No, we weren't. But we, we were part of the showpiece, the opening, the opening game. Absolutely. And that, that was a great thing about it. But the, we not, there, was, there was never any, any negativity towards it. I think we played ever so well against Brazil. We, we battered Norway, absolutely battered them, and drew 1 1. And we could beat with Morocco when Craig got sent off. When, if we'd beaten Norway and, and we'd never get the Craig sent off, I, I, I think four points would have, would have mm-hmm. got you through at that time. Because we, we were so good against Brazil to, to play the way we did against them. And, and But I don't think the crowd came and think, well, we expect us to go. But I think they came for a brilliant time and, uh, and they let us play and we gave them something to kind of shout about. I think that was a beauty about it, you know. What about the qualifying stage? There was mm. games against Sweden and yeah. Austria. Did any games in particular stick out in the memory? Well, from I that? think Austria Parkhead was 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 absolutely bouncing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they had a good side at that time. Austria, Andy Herzog was obviously a danger man there. It was absolutely bouncing at, at, at that time. That was that was incredible. And then we obviously beat Belarus at um, at Petrogi. Obviously, uh, Sweden. At, Ibrox, but Sweden actually were, were bloody good that time. I mean, they were they, they were actually the better side, but I think we won. Was Larson involved? In I the think Henry might have played. I think I think he did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. But Sweden were good. They were, I, I think they were better. Than, but we won, and that was a beauty. About it. We won the game, and it put us on a platform of we can get through. And I remember we played Belarus away, and you're going to a country where there's a kind of love in the atmosphere because they're not going to have many people. It was in a big stadium and the field was terrible and uh, we got a penalty and uh, Gary, uh, obviously he obviously missed a penalty in 96 and Gary scored it, put it in the top corner and that took us through, basically. I think that, I think that was the game that kind of, well, more or less did or whatever it was. Latvia sealed it. But the Belarus one, I think, was was mammoth over there. We beat them once. It was a horrible... Stuffy game, pitch was terrible. Just get the three points up the road. Get the points and get home, and then we'll take our chances at Latvia at, uh, at Parkhead. And it was, I mean, even that day was absolutely rocking. Can that, you feel the anticipation sweeping the country then at that point? One game from the finals. The, the thing, go back to your question there, was was in that time, the crowd were with it. You know, like, you never sensed a negativity for the crowd. Never. Now I can sense negativity for the crowd by the way what's happening now with actual. The actual, uh, that time, there was just this swarm of stadiums are going to be full. Mm-hmm. We've got a good team. We, we know we're a good team. We just have to qualify. And and that's exactly what happened. And and I think everybody bought in there. I think it was just a, a big sea of blue that's going to go mm-hmm. and go and go. And and it, again, going back to the game, like Gordon, Gordon, Jury and, and Kevin, I think, were up front maybe that time. And Gordon Jerry was an absolute power machine, you know. Just one good player, strong. Kevin would give the quickness and the, the, the nimbleness, so we could score. And we also had guys that could play with the ball, which was, which was important. What about the players then before the match? Can you, how, how do you deal with it, knowing what's on the line here, qualification for the World Cup? You deal with it because you're used to it. Mm-hmm. We were big players, as I said before. I, I was playing in Dortmund. I was playing. You'd win the Champions League. You were. They never bothered me who I was playing against. That, that was that was normal for me. Same, Sorry, continue. Yeah, it'd been the same for the rest of the lads. They were playing with big clubs. And we all 
lads were playing with Celtic, lads were playing with Rangers, really strong Rangers and Celtic teams. Lads were down south, maybe Liverpool, United, Leeds. They were big players, they could handle that. There was never any fear of, well, what we're up against. We just knew that, there was a feeling we just knew we were, we were a good side. I, I certainly never sensed any trepidation that we were, we were going to blow it. I just, I just made a feeling we, we would get through. I think that's different now because qualification isn't the norm anymore. Probably, it, it could be. As I said before, I don't feel that there's a lot of positive things there. There's always a negativity attached with the national team at the minute. There's a lot of, I don't, whether it's people know uh, coming to games, the fans are not coming to games, there's no winning things. That, even the, this Nations League thing, even that becomes a negativity now because everybody thought it's going to be at the top of the, mm-hmm. the group by now, but they're not. And they, they know they have to go to Albania and, and virtually win. So there's a negativity to actually that. There's, it's through the media that if the team don't win. But the game's different from what it was. The standard I played in was massively high. Huge, huge high. And whether we've went back the way, yeah, it could possibly be. But we just need, I think, a bit more positivity towards the whole, the whole national team. Well, anyway, qualification was achieved for 98. You touched on the mm. Brazil game earlier and the game itself. What about the build-up to that? That must have been incredible. Like you're saying, if you're not going to win the World Cup, mm. you might as well open, open it against it. Yeah, the holders. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they weren't just holders. They were just, they were, if you look at their team, they're full of star names. And uh, as I say, again, and you've seen it time and time again, uh, opening day, nobody knows what way the, the result's going to go. And uh, we stayed in Avion. We flew up the night before, I think we trained on it, and uh, I think it was the first game in the Stade de France that was. Okay. We saw the surroundings and the pitch, and yeah, like, okay, okay, no problem, you know what's coming. You get the game, and uh, I remember we, uh, we the, the players pulled at that time, they'd done a deal with, we had to wear kilts going <laughs> to the game, you know, which is, wasn't <laughs> a great idea, but there you go. And uh, we done it, and we turned up in it, and it was great, the, the occasion was great. The, the only thing I thought about that game was we never get enough tickets for the game, the, the actual okay. fa- fans. I think there was a, the, you had, yeah, so many thousand there, but I thought if if it wasn't so corporate, neutral, you want to call it, you could have been yellow and gold in one end and mm-hmm. blue and white in the other, which would have been brilliant. Yeah. And uh, I just remember we, if, we said if we can keep it tight, like normal when you're playing against a team that's probably better than you, if you keep it tight and and get into the game, embed yourself in, then let's see what happens. And then that goes out, go out the window when he scored after I think it was eight minutes he scored. And we, we knew we, we knew what was at the corner. We knew everything that was was going to go on. We get slight and we we get punished against a great side. But slowly but surely we we got ourselves bedded into the game, and then it started to turn and turn and turn, and we thought. No, this this is we're on this stage for a reason as well, and uh, and we get the penalty and John scores, and then the second half, it wasn't one way traffic, it was back and forth, and then obviously we scored one goal, and I, and I still say to this day, if it never hits Tommy Boyd, in the joint of his shoulder, and in, in his chest, the ball kills for Jim Leighton to cat to get a hold of it, because it would come off a of Boyd's shoulder, it it comes off with with, with speed, and it goes in. And uh, and then they end up winning. But in that game, do you know? I remember getting a free kick just outside the box, and, and, and I, I think Michelle and John were, were and John hit it, and they jumped. The ball jumped, but it hit his hand. Right. But I don't think the referee's ever going to get two penalties against Brazil <laughs> in, in the opening day. But it hit his hand. He jumped with his hand. Is it one of those contentious ones or clear as day? I think it's a penalty. And, and now you you would get a penalty for it. I think. Right. I think you would you would get a penalty for it. And uh, he never gave it. But we, we were well in the game. But we came out of there with an incredible amount of credit for the way we for the way we played. It must have been incredibly frustrating to take on a team like Brazil mm. and the two goals that you concede, one's from a set piece and one's yeah. a flukiest own goal ever. Yeah. How, how do you really combat that? The disappointment was huge to, to lose. Even though it's Brazil, you, you, you think you can win. It doesn't matter, you, you think you can win. And the, Regardless of the players they had, everybody knew on paper, you look at their team on paper, they were world-class players. Who were you up against in midfield? Rivaldo. Because <laughs> Craig told me the night before, I'm going to kind of look, watch after him, Rivaldo was the one that 
that I was told to kind of. So you were told work. to do a job in him, uh, similar yeah. to the way we'd, like Zidane in the field. Yeah, yeah, then. yeah. Okay. The way the way I'd played against number tens before, so it was nothing new to me. The role it was nothing new. It was nothing that phased me. It was nothing. It was okay, no problem. Let, let me deal with it, and uh, and it was fine. It was good. And then as you say, there the two goals that you you probably thought wouldn't you hurt you. Well, they had a bit of fortuitous luck there that you thought that that's uh, that's the way football goes at times. Was Ronaldo the best in the world at that point? Well, without a doubt, he was, he was probably the best striker. Well, without a doubt. I mean, the guys, he had power, he had speed, he had the quickness of the feet. He was an incredible footballer. And he was right through that tournament until the final, whatever happened in that. Yeah. There's, a, there's a great unknown uh, question, but uh, yeah, he, the lad, was, was a, he was a powerhouse and his feet was, was uh, were unbelievable. But they were full of stars. Mm-hmm. Rivaldo, Dunga... Cafu, Roberto Carlos, Aldair, Tafarel, they were all there. Ronaldo, mm-hmm. Danielson, everyone, they were all there. And the list goes on, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. What about Norway then? You, you briefly touched on that earlier. Mm. Do you look back on that as just a massive missed opportunity? Oh, huge, huge, because that was a proper game. That, that was, they, we took that, that game was in Bordeaux. Bordeaux had the longest tunnel you've ever walked in your life. It was, just seemed to go on for miles. One thing I remember that the pitch was unbelievable. It was like a carpet. Right. And other fans that day took over the whole stadium. But it was it was a, a mass. I think we we wore did we wear yellow that day? I think we did, don't we? I think we were yellow. Yeah. And it was a mass. I don't forget the, the crowd that day was unbelievable. And we and it was a roasting hot day, and uh, we ran over the top. Absolutely gave him a. It's one of the ones I thought were well, miles better than these. Miles better. And they score. I think, I think they, they go up 1 0. Four. Aye, they score. And then, uh, obviously, we equalised. But we, there was only one team going to win that. They were dead in their feet. They were taking cramp. They were all over the place. They were dead in their feet. And we should have beat them. That was one you thought that was an opportunity to miss because we absolutely gave them. That, that was probably one of the games where there's no many times in international football where you've given somebody a hiding. Mm-hmm. That was one game we gave them a hiding. There's still 25 minutes left when Burley scored. Were you just unable to break them down, or were yeah. the shots going high wide and both the place? Yeah. There was both, but it was it was just a it was all us. It was it was it was all Scotland coming at you and coming at you and coming at you, and they were sitting in. But they were dead in their feet. As I said it. They were. T- I remember guys taking cramp. They were going down. We couldn't handle the, the pace yet, and we were just coming and coming and coming. And if there was any team going to win it, it was going to be us. They, they honestly, that was, as I said before, it was one game where I thought. That's a, that's a missed opportunity. Man. I said to Craig Brown when I interviewed him for the Hamden Roar, what went wrong in the Morocco game? And he said, it didn't go wrong, mm. we just got beat 3-0. Yeah, yeah. What are your memories of that game? Because Craig seemed to think that Scotland were the better side. We actually played OK. One thing, you talk about what they remember about it. One thing, because we played in St. Etienne, and I thought the pitch was terrible. I was caught in between wearing a stud and a, and a mould stud. Mm. Studs were too hard, it was a hard base pitch, and the mould seemed to slip, kind of never gave me a grip. I was right. really caught in between the the, the surface of it, and the, again, great crowd. It's an eight, a proper football stadium, was, was great. I can't remember the score when Craig got sent off, whether it was a draw, whether they were, they were beating us. It made it that we lost, we lost poor goals. They went 2 0 up just after the start of the second half. Second half, half uh, we lost. Did Craig get sent off in the first half? I'm not sure. We lost, we lost poor goals. I remember losing poor goals there. And Craig, Craig probably right. We 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 get beat. I think, and we I don't think we played to the level of Norway or, or Brazil. I think if we'd done that, we'd have we'd have won the game. But we never did. I think when you lower your level, you tend to find sometimes you get beat. Were Morocco underestimated? Maybe not by the team and the management staff, yeah. but by the fans. Listen, could have been, but they some good players. They did the. There's a guy called Hadji, I'll never forget that. Mm. Uh, uh, Basimir was another one. They were good players. They were, they were, Morocco were a good, good side. It's like anything, any team that go to World Cup, they must have something about them to, to actually qualify at that time. It's uh, maybe a little bit easier now with all the groups and the nations and countries coming mm. in from obscure places and, and not played for, for a long time. So there's, at that time, but Morocco... But we, we, I don't think we had the heights that we did in the first two games. Who were you? Who were you close with in the squad? You must have had some quite good stories coming back from from that World Cup period. 
do you know what? I, th I think it was a, a squad where everybody got on. You know, everybody got on. There was never any divide because everybody <coughs> did get on well in that time. There was no any guys that you thought, no, he's maybe aloof or yeah. anything. But we're just a right good side with a right good spirit there. There was never any. And we'd laugh like everybody else. You know, there's some good uh, good banter going around. Mm -hmm. But that, that's why I think we're a good side as well. We had that. Who were the main spirit. instigators of that kind of thing? Uh, I always used to think Gary McCarthy was funny. I always <laughs> thought Gary uh, was funny. But there was a lot There was a lot of them. There wasn't just like one guy you say was uh, uh, not out of it. Even, I know, I think Alan McCoy hurt his knee, I think. McCoy never went. Craig Brown told me he regretted not taking McCoist. Because okay. uh, was Ali injured, was he? And he I, don't, I don't think he was injured because Craig told me that um, McCoy said to him, take me, I always score against Scandinavian teams, I'll score against Norway. And, and Craig said that he hadn't had enough form throughout the season to take him. Take him, I, and if, well, there you go. Because even Coist, I think, would he have played? Probably would, I don't, I'm not sure. Craig would probably be able to answer that. But even Coist in addressing him. Mm -hmm would be uh, a bonus. invaluable man, yeah. invaluable because the way he was. But the, the, all the guys at that time, they, they were they were very funny, very good group. Well, even coming off the bench against Norway, that might have been McCoy's game. Yeah, you, you, you never know. Football's a great game for... for it's, it's difficult, really difficult. And I know what it's like being a manager. You, you make decisions you think it's right at the time and you, and you think, OK, I'm going to go with that. Because Gordon and Kevin... I, I can't remember who the other strikers were at, at that particular time, but... McCoy was perfect as well, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, probably Craig is, is one to answer that. Certainly not a situation reminiscent of today where if Lee Griffiths is unfit or not picked, people seem to be scrambling around a wee bit for alternatives. Yeah, that's, that, and, and, and hopefully that situation gets resolved. I've always said I think Lee's a, a brilliant goal scorer. I, I don't know anything too much other than the than, than last score's Goals and uh, but I've not really seen too much of him in the general general play. But the lad always scores, and, and we're in a position now. We need we need lads. We need we need to. I, mean, I think we need what Craig Brown done. I think was the secret of it was he created a national team like a club team. Okay, that was a secret for me. He created it as a club team, and I think us as a country have to get that back somewhere, and then hopefully that happens. We'll move on to Euro 2000. Scotland made the playoffs pretty comfortably. The Czechs ran away with the, the group yeah. in the end. How good were they? At that time, they were excellent. They were, they were, they were, I think, I'm trying to think off my top of my head. Patrick, Patrick Berger would have played. Nedved would have been Ned, involved. Uh, yeah, Pavel Nedved played against him a few times. A tough player. I think uh, Jan Kohler might have been playing at the front. They'd lock vents. They, they were a right good side. They, and uh, very strong, powerful Typical tough team to play against the Czech Republic. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the game at Parkhead. Did they beat us two one? They didn't. They, they won every game. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I think. I, I think they beat us. And uh, listen, if, if you're not going to qualify, you have to try and get the second that playoff in a group like that. The Czech Republic, obviously, they went through because they were the best team in that that instance. <laughs> but in a playoff, you would take it, and then that's and. Yeah, so happened to be it was, it was obviously it was old enemy. There was a one-one draw against the Faroes in that uh, in that oh. group. There was also the, the two-two one later on, which which you scored in. But the the one-one draw, how do how much does that get to the players? How big is the meltdown from fans and media after a result like that? The Faroes, uh, you know, it's coming. Don't be surprised by it. Don't don't think oh it's not going to come because it's coming. Same way you get praise if you go and beat. Uh, I don't know Norway or or whoever you're playing against it. You take the praise, you take the criticism. You don't moan about it. You just you just go on with it and you try. Okay, it's no great, but you know it's coming. The thing about the Pharaohs is, is nobody knows. It's the unknown. People think oh, it's the Pharaohs. Okay, it's a turnover. You tend to find when you go up there, you think this is a this is a really tough one. This mm -hmm. one, you know, it's not the great circumstances. The feels no great. The atmosphere's, even though it's full, is dire. And you know, if you don't win, it's, it's coming. And, uh, and we never, we never, we never get a result. We do. How gutted were you to miss out on the playoff against England? I know you the old firm game and the yeah. leading up to it. That's ultimately what led to it. I think the, the I think the old firm game 
was on a Sunday, was it? And and I think the the, the why why as soon as the draw was made, I've always said as soon as the draw was made, why did the league make a Celtic Rangers the week before a Scotland England game? Absolutely ludicrous that happened. Should never have happened. Not not just the situation that happened to myself, but the actual game itself. There's too many Celtic Rangers players going to be involved in it, mm-hmm. and to play that game a week before it was an absolute ridiculous decision. So that was point one. Point two, I got injured. If if there wasn't concussion there, I could have played, but because I got concussed, mm-hmm. that was that was what stopped me from playing, which which was a blow. Uh, not to play so I think that was that was a big disappointment personally it was a massive disappointment because I wanted to play against England because of the two games it was going to be it's huge really and Craig Brown says that you were mm. the man that would have been tracking skulls do you know the, 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 the actual when I saw skulls make the run for the first goal I kind of seen it cause I, went, I went to the game and watched it and, uh, and I could see it developing I thought he's making the run and nobody's picked him up and that, that was my job my job was I could see it I could see the danger where it was coming, and, and I knew it was. Um, it was how I, would would it have, would it have differed if I played? I, I don't know. That, that's for people to judge. But I'd have I'd have seen the run. That's, that's, sure. that's the job you were used to doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that was. So I knew I knew, I knew the run, or, or what schools like would always make the runs into the box that would have happened. And but if, it, if I never had the concussion, I'd have I'd have been okay. There's missing games like that uh, through injury or suspension mm. play especially big games does that play on a player's mind for a while I think in my own situation I was, I was used to big games you know I played some massive massive games but that was one you think Scotland England yeah it been a great one to play and that was disappointing that's why I think the, the Celtic Rangers thing to play a week before was, was an absolute crazy decision to, to play that should that the SFA and the, the league be working together absolutely to and, and, and they should still work together but where I look at it is they don't and, and it creates problems where, where there's, they should have got together like last week Scotland England it's, it's, it's mammoth mm-hmm. in a competitive in a competitive game it was the first game competitively for God almighty and Scotland eh yeah so that and, and to lose it or to lose the whole the, the whole uh, legs was was disappointing. Did you go down to Wembley? I never went down to Wembley. No, uh, I, I think I spoke to Craig, and uh, I, I never went down because I was also still swollen a bit anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I watched it on telly, and the lads, my God, they gave it a right good, a right good go, and and they were on the ropes, England at yeah. that at that time uh, when uh, Don Hutchinson scores the goal. They were on the ropes, but it wasn't. It just wasn't enough. Christian Daly had a, a header saved by Seaman. Yeah. One of those moments, isn't it? Yeah, and either side of him, mm-hmm. it's probably a goal. But he's pulled off a great, a great save. World Cup 2002 proved to be Craig Brown's last. Uh, the qualifying campaign proved to be his last time in charge of Scotland. Mm-hmm. The game that I want to speak to you about is Belgium at home. We mentioned yep. it yeah. earlier. Two-two. Uh, Two-nil up. Yeah. How how did that come to be? Oh, Jesus Christ. Do you know what? We were so comfortable in the game. I try to think. I think Dodgy scored twice. I think Dodgy mm, yeah. scored. Because he's he's come out before and said that's the game that he'll never go over as well. Ready? Aye. Uh, Dodgy scored twice, <coughs> and Van Bouten scored the equaliser. I think last minute. Mm-hmm. It was a free kick. Just came right into the box. He's got his head on it. We should never have ever surrendered that. Never in a million years. That was a game of Dunnes. That one. Forget about Nils, but that was a game that. That, that, that done us. And we have got, got the result there, we'd have been fine. And it was early on in the campaign as well. It's, it hard, it's hard to look back and think if only yeah. at that point we'd kept solid, we, yeah. we would have yeah. likely been over the line. Yeah, and one, one of the things under Craig, we were always defensively pretty strong, but we never defended the cross in a set play. And the set plays are, are vital to the game. I mean, Van Bouten, he, he was a big, big lad, he was, he was huge, but we, we, we dealt with it all, all afternoon. But to lose, to throw away a two-goal lead like that was absolutely ridiculous. The stadium empties pretty quickly and mm. silently. How do you feel at that at full time at that point? Do you want the ground to swallow you up, or is it just get inside as quickly as possible? It's like a loss, mm-hmm. you know. It's like a loss because you, you're two 0 up and you, you you throw it away. It's, it's like a loss, and uh, I guess you were down to ten men, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Other than that, you just think they're down to ten men. 
they've pulled it back to two two. It's like a defeat, and they never really, never really recovered from it. You missed the majority of the games on that mm. campaign, I believe. What was the matter? Was it just niggly injuries? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I got one or two little knocks that I couldn't, I couldn't get over, and that, never serious ones, but they kept me out of the kind of games, you know. And uh, I think I came back. I think I played in the Belgium one over there, and they beat us. I think they beat us two 0 Two 0 yeah. And uh, I think because the wee knocks were, were, were coming, I thought maybe it's time to move on. Craig was leaving, and most of the team was going to break up. Was it around that time you were given the captaincy for the first time when Brown was in charge? Uh, it may have been. It, 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 it may have been that, that, that happened. And, the, and that's a great honour in itself to be made captain and do that for your country was, was great. Was that something you expected or was it one of your ambitions? No, I wouldn't say it was ambition. But yeah, ambition to play for your national team. I think, it's, it's, as I said, it's a pinnacle of your career and all that. And... The, but the honour, the honour was huge. Mm-hmm. To be a captain of your country was, was incredible. To lead out the, the yeah. team at Hamden and just stand with the national anthems, armband on, yeah. full house. That's, that's as, as a Scotland fan, imagining that it doesn't get any better. No, it's brilliant, and and plus we had some great, great, great games at Hamden. And Germany, for instance, one one was a absolute ding dong of a game there at Hamden. So captain that one was just great. So there's been many great. I like to think probably my own national career was was pretty successful regarding tournaments and, and big games. Was the moment Craig Brown told you he was leaving a sad one? I think that that more or less made up my mind I was going to retire mm-hmm. from the national team as well. The team was going to break up. Craig was was leaving as well, and I thought, okay, it's an end of an era time with some great times, and and I thought, ah, listen, maybe time for the new guys to come in and. and and give it a go as well. So that was probably part of my thinking of as well that was managers leaving as well and time for other guys to come and, and take it on. It looks a lot of the team was was breaking up. You carried on though into the votes tenure. What were your first impressions? I only did because uh, um, Tommy God Tommy Burns got dressed him. Uh, I never forget. I was in uh, Parkhead one day and he said, "You got you got him in." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Because um, I started the season really well with Celtic." Mm-hmm. And I was playing really good individually, and uh, I was on top of my game, really good, felt great. He said, uh, "You got a minute." I said, "I said, um, bet you've also been coming to the game, and can't believe you've retired." He said, "Would you meet him?" I said, "Tom, I, listen, I, I can't come back." I said, "It's time for another." He said, "Listen," he said, "Just have a chat with him." And then he said, "Anyway," he said, "Would you have a chat?" I said. At first, I said, "Listen, no, I don't think it's a good idea because I've retired and the team is is, is going to move on somewhere. I can't keep going on." And, uh, and because I started the season, I've been playing really well, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, I, and I remember going to Hamden to meet Bertie, and uh, I thought, "Okay, listen, I know what it's like being a foreigner in another country when you don't know anyone looking for help. I know exactly what it's like." So I thought, "Okay, let's. I'll go and have a chat with him." And. Uh, we spoke and we spoke again and we came to agreement if you can try and give me just one campaign that's all and if it works great if it doesn't then then we can stop and, and then go for the air so I thought okay, well, I came away and I thought about it I said okay let, let's give this a go and uh, and I gave it a go and thank, listen I'm glad I did because he was a good guy and what's happening now people, I hear people complain about Scotland taking uh, tough friendlies on have a look at Bertie's friendlies as well. He done the exact same and get ridiculed for it, as in we went to France and got humped five. Yeah. Easily five. Could have been fifteen. Well battered all over the place but with big teams. And people say no we're not getting results. He took the hard ones on as well. And, and so that this argument now is the same as what, what it was under Bertie Vokes of of playing hard friendlies. That's what, what everybody chose. You run with it. So we gave. We. I said, okay, let's let's come back. And I can't. I can't try to think of a group then. Germany thought, well, obviously, favourites to get go through. It was, it was for second place that we went for, mm-hmm. and we we managed to get it. And what I would say is, and and, and the whole defence of uh, uh, everything. If we never drew Holland, as a playoff. It was a level playing field. Yeah. 
everybody wanted a white horn that time because they were bang on it. They were bang on it. I, I missed the two of the games because I got injured. But they were they were top, and no other country would wanted to play them. We obviously get paired with them, and I still say to this day, any other team, I think would have cracking chance to to get to qualify. Going back to the appointment of Forts, what's it like for the senior players? Are they consulted or asked for their advice when it comes to uh, the appointment of a national team manager? Those that have been around the squad for a while. No, the 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 powers that be make that that choice, and I think what you do as a player, you respect who's coming in. Listen, it, oh, you can put all oh, yeah, our careers together. It was never going to be as good as Betty Vox. He'd won the mm-hmm. World Cup. He'd won big tournaments. <laughs> this was a guy coming in here with an incredible pedigree behind him. So we, we could never turn in and say, OK, I'd, I'd won the Champions League, no problem. Played with clubs in Germany, no problem. We'd have probably a bit of bond because he mm-hmm. played in Germany and he was German. But no, I don't think we we couldn't say oh, we we don't want him or we do want him. That was from the powers that be. Well, all the lads were were respectful. We, we just we as I said before, if if it wasn't Holland, it might have been a different story. Was that a strange time to be a Scotland player with so many people coming and going from the squad? There was a lot of caps, but you had to try. You had to try and give people see if they were good enough. You you, you would never know. If these guys were going to be good enough to, some weren't, nowhere near it to play national level. Did the players ever think though, what's this guy doing in the squad or why is this guy being called up? No, I don't think players think like that. I think that you won't know until you throw them in. Nobody knows until you until you give somebody a chance. You, you could give somebody a chance that you think, oh, well, he's not performing at one of the big clubs or whatever, and then all of a sudden he takes it like a duck to water. Or, or they can can go the other way. They can play a big club and can't handle national football. That's that's the the nature of the game. So, Roberti gave a, a lot of people a lot of caps, trying to see if they were good enough. But he had to. Cause he never knew who they would have been and until somebody said, "Listen, he's he's not good enough." Or Roberti saw it himself. But he had to try to see who 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 first and foremost who could play national football. You got your only goal under Bertie Vox mm. for the national team. Are you still claiming that? Listen, that ball was still travelling. <laughs> that that would have been in that water there. Then the, do you know it wasn't that goal? It was a game. It was. Um, I sensed we had a problem in the morning with that game. I sensed that some of the younger ones were coming in and they weren't really focused on the game. Too busy doing something else and. Am I going to score here? Am I going to? And I knew the environment we were going in because I'd been there before. I knew I could sense it in the morning at breakfast. I could sense it. You could hear things that, that weren't right. Taking it for a given. Absolutely, yeah. The younger ones, yeah. Some of the younger ones were, yeah. Who were the younger ones in the squad at that point? There, no, there's a few. A few there. I can't. I knew the squad had changed dramatically for what what I was used to uh, from it. The, just the general feeling wasn't right for, for that game and the. I think we were going to beat him. We were going to beat 2 0. And you knew this is a, this is a, this being a dangerous moment mm-hmm. here. When they, we got to half time, when they, yeah, I probably lost it a bit. Because I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to happen. If we don't turn this around, you're going to get ridiculed anyway when you get back. Mm-hmm. But the ridicule was a bit less because you drew. Mm-hmm. What is it like at half-time in that match then? What do you have to do as your captain for that game? Yeah, no, I just lost it a bit, yeah. Then the, I remember Tommy Burns pulling me at half-time, he said, come in. He took me into the shower there, Tommy. He said, listen, you're absolutely spot on what you're saying. He said, but you need to calm down. I said, and I remember saying to him, it's not acceptable. There was going on. It's not acceptable. Tommy knew, because Tommy was fiery as well, mm-hmm. and a brilliant player, and God rest him, what a brilliant man he was. But that wasn't acceptable. That that first half was was never acceptable for us. Is that what you just let the team know then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you've got to be prepared for whatever comes because I knew I knew I had the respect to the players of of what was going on because mm-hmm. I'd been there before. I knew how tough it was going to be, but that was nowhere near, nowhere near, nowhere near good enough to. Unless uh, I was part of it, but one thing for sure, I wasn't standing for it because it was wrong what was happening in that first half it was, we were nowhere near it 
you can't really enjoy your only goal for your country in that circumstance. Would that be accurate? Do you know what? Goals are not important to me. Do you know what? It's probably one of the most important goals I've ever scored. Might not be the most spectacular, but it was probably one of the most important because it got us back into the game. So goals, I think they're, they're important, but it's, it's what the meaning of the goal means. It's no the spectacular or, or anything like that. It's what it actually meant to get us back into the game. And uh, just fortunate that it took it four ricochets or something then, <laughs> then goes in. So um, the importance of the goal outweighed anything. But the, the, the big picture for me was... That was never, never, never in a million years good enough. So you're happy sitting here with one goal to your name that meant a lot rather than five meaningless, friendly Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As I said, the, the, the goal, is the importance of the goal outweighs mm-hmm. whether it's a spectacular strike or whether it's a tapping. The importance of the goal was, was vital to get to get some sort of foothold into the game. But it doesn't, we're nowhere near that. We're miles short of it in the and deserve to get hit when we go back. The Germany game was 1-1 at home. That's one of the first Scotland games I can remember Yeah, yeah. Um, growing up. The the vote was had recently about whether to take the international games away from Hamden to Murrayfield yeah. or keep it at Hamden. I mm. think, personally, that is one of the prime examples of Hamden at its best. Mm. On, uh, three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, sun shining against one of the best teams in the world. Yeah. The crowd's really behind the team. Yeah. Would you go along with that? Yeah, I think um, I think going to Murrayfield would have been a mistake. Even though it's a lovely stadium, it's no football uh, stadium. I think Hamden, for the A-type of games, Germany, England, the big games take them to Hamden. Smaller games take them to Easter Road, Petodre, uh, Tynecastle, take them there. Go, go around the country with them. The bigger games definitely play them at Hamden because I think you'll generate that atmosphere that you you probably experienced in the that day that that was a proper game. That was we were excellent that day against a right right top top side. Your final appearance for the national team was away to Germany. Must have been yeah. nice to, to finish off in Dortmund, a place you knew so well. Yeah, it was good going back and, and again we we lose a game. We lose I think we lose two one. But the, yeah. the last played really well. We we I get injured just just on half time my ankle never really recovered from that that ankle injury uh, from it and I knew with the playoffs obviously that I missed them we were in the playoffs which which was the objective mm-hmm. uh, to finish second if we couldn't get first and uh, and I had to watch the, the playoffs and, I, uh, and I, I remember the Holland game at Hamden I went to the lads done great and there was a massive euphoria I remember that as a massive euphoria. I'm thinking, we've still got to go over to Holland, mm-hmm. and the team that they had. Yeah, my God, I'm I'm not sure one's going to be enough because you'd have to have defended with your life, and hope they'd an off night because they were, they were a right top side at, at Hamden as well. Even though we, we won, but you've still got to go near backyard and, and try and get a result. When you did decide to call mm-hmm. it a day, was it simply a case of phoning Bertie or the SFA and just letting them know? I, I told me and Bertie, is it like when the first meeting, we, we had the first meeting and they and said if we never qualified, and uh, I, I was finished. Even if it, we did qualify, I'd probably went mm-hmm. and then finished after that. Because that was always the plan, that was always the yeah. the, the, the plan of it. Uh, that was kind of going to happen. So everybody was clear, everybody knew exactly what was what was going on and uh, I had a brilliant time I really I thoroughly enjoyed it really did I some brilliant times great moments and part of a country that is way way too long 22 years to qualify for another tournament I asked Craig Brown the same thing when the World Cup 98 finished did you ever in your wildest well, wildest nightmares I suppose think that it would be this long before Scotland to return to a major tournament you, you wouldn't have thought so I mean, you, you, there's no way you'd have thought that that was going to going to happen. But this shows you, football is, is, is a dangerous game if you take your eye off the ball at times. And and we've just not performed. I was part of some teams that never never performed. We were close. Playoffs, England game okay. Is is uh, that could have swung anyway. That could have went mm-hmm. either way. That was a bit of thought for choice in the in England's behalf. The Holland game, as I said before, anybody other than them. We had an incredible chance to 
uh, to go through. So cut on your misses, one one we did get through. After that, we've I don't think we've been anywhere near it. With the the campaign with France and Italy, where it went down to the yeah, the final the game. Wire, yeah. Since then, there's never really been a moment I think where the maybe apart from Slovenia last year, where the whole yeah. country has been galvanised and behind Together, yeah, the, the yeah. team believing that yeah. it's going to happen. That, that, that's what we need. We need we need the crowd, and that, that's why I think the expectancy level is probably too high of what happened in the past and the players that have been in Scotland in the past. The, the current guys are giving it everything they've got, but I think there's a negativity, a stigma attached to it. We're no good, we're, we don't lose if we can qualify, if we don't beat Albania. All, all those sort of things are coming into play. Hamden's not getting f- filled with it. The Portugal game, who Portugal, I didn't think, wasn't their first team, that, that's for sure. No, they didn't really break sweat. No, they never, they never looked as if they raised a gallop either, and you think, hang on, there's a lot of negativity attached. Whereas I think if, if we can try and get the message across where just come to the stadium, and for, if you feel negative outside the stadium, just for 90 minutes, just bounce around. Just get that, create, you create the atmosphere as well, but just get together and absolutely get the stadium going. And, and the players will respond to it. But if you have an apathy and there's negativity there, when the first thing goes wrong, it will transmit to the players and, and some some will find it hard to, to raise their game. Do you still feel confident that Scotland can top the Nations League group and secure a playoff spot? <laughs> Albania away, Israel at home? I think everybody thought that was going to happen anyway, that, that they'd have beaten Israel away from home. And uh, it never materialised. What it does do, it puts you in a, in a tender hook of it's a must win the, mm-hmm. the Albania game or, or four points out of it. But you have to get something from Albania. You, you, you have to. That's a must. And hopefully, the lads and everybody realises we, we have to get a result over there. We can't come back with defeat. Come back with defeat then. You know what's going to happen. The, the, the criticism will be there anyway, but hopefully the lads go there and they they give it everything they've got to to get through. It's the best chance we've got mm-hmm. in this Nations League thing. It's the best chance we've got to try and qualify. One of the problems, I suppose, as a problem that McLeish faces is trying to fit Tierney and Robertson into the mm-hmm. same team. Do you think a three at the back with wing backs is the way forward, or would you provide an alternate solution? You pick your best team. It's difficult. Whether you pick your best team, if one's got to get left out, they need to get left out, or one one can play centre half. I know the lad Tierney's played centre half, and Andy Robertson left back, but you play your strongest side. So that would include the two of them in? The two of them are your, are your better players, without a shadow of a doubt, they're the better players. You've got That's the, that's the difficult for Ali, he's, he's got to try and find a way whether the lad Tierney plays left centre back, and, and I, don't, I don't think the lad. Robertson can play left centre back. I think he's a better left back, mm-hmm. and I think he's a better player when somebody's in front of him. And um, whether they've tried that, I don't know. There's only two ways you're going to do it: you either leave one out, and you pick your best side accordingly with it, or you one has to play in centre defence if you play four at the back. If it's three at the back, you're accommodating. I'm pretty sure Alec will, will hopefully answer all the questions. Just before we finish up, I'd like to touch on a few kind of more quick-fire questions. Mm. Who was the best teammate you had for Scotland on the park? Most impressive teammate, playing alongside. I, I, you know, the midfield I played was great. Collins and McNamara, eh, Collins and McAllister, was brilliant, absolutely brilliant to play with. They, they two were, were great to play with, and when Craig Craig Bullet sailed, it was really good to play with as well. So we did a good understand. But when Scotland, Gary and John. Uh, and, and Craig played right wing back at that time. He mm-hmm. played three at the back, and Tosh was left wing back. Uh, at times, where I, I, uh, good players can play with each other easily. And I enjoyed playing with Gary and John uh, in the middle of the pitch. What about your toughest opponent and toughest team for Scotland? Uh, toughest opponent? Uh, dear, oh dear. Ned Bed was hard. Mm-hmm. Ned Ed was a hard was a hard player to play against because just because he's he's running uh, power was, was was very very strong. Uh, God, there was, a, there was some I played against some top ones. Rivaldo was good to play against. It was hard to play against. Toughest team. 
Would the Brazil team be up there, even though I, Scotland? I, 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 on paper, I, do you know what? On paper, yeah. Uh, but the game wasn't happening mm-hmm. because the way the game was panning out. The game wasn't one of the ones where I felt they're coming and coming mm-hmm. at us all the time. It was nothing like that. It was they had it, we had it, they had it. Yeah, you had to defend and you had to get everything um, kind of going uh, from it. Um, but everything else, phew, that's a hard question. What is the toughest team? Would the Czechs be up there? Considering Czechs was hard, yeah. They, 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 were, they were very stuffy, very strong, mentally very strong, physically very strong. They, they, were, they, they, were, a, they were a hard team to play against the Czech Republic. Yeah, the French team in that, but Bertie Volk's friendly. Oh, they battered us. They they gave us a they gave us a, a pound and you know, that, that was a, that was a that was five. It could have been it could have been more that day. You know. What's your biggest regret looking back in your time in Scotland? Probably not qualifying in one of the two tournaments. I think was was uh, the England game was massive. Personally, was missing the England game. Missing the England game was was huge for me. You know, that was that was a horrible one. You know, because of. As I said, I don't know why we played a Celtic Nunes game the week before that. We had enough time to move at the national team. It was vital for the national team to try and qualify. It was huge. And uh, losing losing to that and then missing the games was, was probably was a sore one. And finally, what moment will live with you forever in a Scotland jersey? Uh, obviously, the World Cup was brilliant. It was, uh, that, that was the... That was the the greatest shows they call it. In general, or yeah. like, for example, walking out against Brazil. That was brilliant. Yeah. That was that was great. That was a great occasion for us. Uh, uh, oh God, I've had some really top top moments. Austria at Parkhead was great as well. Belarus up at Petrodz was. Do you it's very difficult to say one particular moment was was the highlight. I just I was fortunate. I was an era where with some fantastic times. Great. Well, Paul, it's been a pleasure to sit down with you for the Hamden Road. Thanks very much for agreeing to meet. Robbie, no problem. Cheers. Robbie, top man. Sports Social Podcast Network.